Welcome to the Why Not Podcast with me, Chrissy Hawkins. In a world where everybody asks you why, I'm here to ask why not. So sit back and relax or walk and listen and join me on this journey as we try to answer this never-ending question. What makes people say why not? Hi guys, so today I have a guest for you. I have Maya Tweedale. She is a nutritional therapist and health coach. And today we actually talk a lot about how I suppose we need to change our feelings towards ourselves to make lasting change. So she says, you know, it's not all about just science and, you know, do these things and you're fine. There's a lot of things that need to be addressed before we'll actually get the results we want, the long-term results. So this is really, really interesting and I really love her advice at the end as well. So I hope you enjoy. Here's my episode with Maya Tweedale. Hi guys, welcome back to Why Not? So today I have Maya Tweedale. She is a nutritional therapist and health coach. So I want everyone to welcome Maya to the podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Chrissy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So do you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I um, now work as a nutritional therapist and a health coach, but my backstory is uh, corporate. Um, I had a long history in a very stressful IT job, and eventually uh, my health went pretty south because of all of that. And um, I started dabbling in health and nutrition and, and, you know, living a better life I suppose and as a consequence I um, stumbled upon the opportunity to retrain and so here I am now working primarily as a health coach I'm trained nutritional therapist but um, actually I perceive that most people get the benefit from the coaching aspect with the nutritional science that backs up you know for specific uh, improvements so um, what what would you say is the difference the difference between um nutritional therapy and health coaching just for people who aren't sure maybe I think coaching is kind of a word that people don't understand all the time as well yes and and to be fair not very many people know exactly what a nutritional therapist is either as opposed to a dietitian or um or a nutritionist um so the nutritional therapy is is about the the science of body nutrition so and and how then you can apply that in a therapeutic context so recovering from conditions improving symptoms nourishing your body to be at its most optimum level um and then then that's very sort of scientific and quite biochemistry led i suppose um and then the health coaching aspect is about behavioral change and helping people to identify roadblocks and work out ways to get over those roadblocks. And um, and that really is where the, the therapy aspect, I suppose, kicks in. And, uh, you know, the way, the way that you work with somebody as a coach is different from the way you work with somebody as a, for want of a better word, a scientist um because you know I can tell you all the things that you need to do to be better in your situation but unless you can actually embed that in your life it's useless um so the coaching aspect is is really about helping somebody to take all of that information that I can impart with them about their particular circumstance and actually work it into their way of living so it just becomes what they do and therefore they get the long-term health change benefits as opposed to quick fixes yeah no that's um a really really good point because I don't know do you find when clients initially come to you they kind of go okay so what do I do to tell me what to do and then instead you're like no we, it's more than just what you do because if it was just tell you what to do you'd be doing it <laughs> yeah a bit <laughs> although funnily enough usually the blokes they just want me to tell them what to do and give them the 10 steps and they're pretty good at going away and doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Women, less so, much more talking involved. Um, but that actually is usually very beneficial as well because that's part of the, I suppose that's part of the the coaching is people working out in their own head how to 
how to change and what their priorities are and why it's important and whether or not one change matters more to them than another change, you know, and and about how to not do everything at once. So while I will, you know, gladly give somebody a 10-step plan and they can go away and work by their, their 10 steps, most of the time it's not that straightforward. Mm. You know, there has to be a level of understanding as to why you're doing it and and really teasing out the the what we call instead of the willpower the why power so why do you want to make that change why is that future vision of yourself worth achieving you know that is such a better way of wording it it makes a huge difference actually um to to the success Mm. to be honest is when you when you really sit down and think about why you want to achieve it and what is your driver? I mean, your driver isn't just to, I don't know, shed a few kilos or get rid of your, you know, belly aches. I mean, what that is an immediate factor and it's what bothers you right now. But that's not really the reason why you want to make the change. There's always something else, you know, I want more energy for my sport, for my family, or, you know, I want to feel more confident in my ability to present in front of a room full of clients or, you know, but there's there's always some other driver there and it's important to be able to tap into why you want to make the change. And, yeah, coaches do help you do that. Yeah, I get that a lot when people come to the gym as well and it's a lot of, they think they want to lose weight, but there's generally something else. And so you'll always, like, see, for instance, like, You'll, you'll have no better client than a bride with a wedding coming up. They will do everything by the book, but as soon as it's over, it's almost like, right, I've done it. You know, that's that's actually a real tragedy. Mm. Like, that's it's it. Like, you kind of want to keep focus. them coming after because it's not just about the dress. It's about your overall health. Yeah. And that, um, do you remember that program, The Biggest Loser? Oh, yeah. And... And almost every single one of those contestants is at their original weight or more. And uh, and that's because during that show, they had massive amount of support and coaching and it was really, you know, effective. And then, but none of that showed them how to carry on their lives in the yeah. new way, you know. Such a shame. And But that doesn't just apply to weight loss. Um that actually applies to I- anything that you're trying to, that has been a problem in your life for a while. You know, that's that's an embedded habit. Yeah. Be, it, be it pain, you know, be it a, a mental health issue, whatever, it's stiffness, you know, whatever. That didn't just happen yesterday. And so the unwinding of that and the changing of the way you operate to create a new path is... You know, so it's a long-term pursuit, and you need to be able to work out how to how to stick at it to get the benefits long in the long term. Yeah, and it, the thing I felt as well is it's not not linear. Just because you've gotten to a certain point doesn't mean it'll always stay. Like you will probably have bad days and any form of thing as well, or you know, for one better description, days that aren't the best. I suppose I don't know. I don't want to say bad because you know I hate the whole good and bad food thing or anything like that um but more say me days that mm. don't go the way you want them to but that doesn't mean you're not any like you're not back at the start you know it doesn't undo everything no exactly um one of my clients said to me quite recently she felt like it was a case of sort of two steps forward and one step back and you know she was feeling a bit frustrated about that and I said but let's calculate the number of steps forward you've taken you know, it's it isn't linear. We always I always say that with my clients at the beginning that it's not a straight line, and there will be things that set you back because it's actually part of the healing journey as well as that healing isn't linear. Mm. Um, and if you, I suppose that's that's part of what I help people to understand is that if you have that sort of expectation of yourself, that that's you know it's a pass or fail expectation. It's really not actually conducive to moving forward at all yeah. because you constantly feel that you're, you know, you didn't make the grade somehow and that psychologically is quite devastating. 
and it makes it easier to flick back into whatever situation existed before because that's where you know what you're doing and that's where you're kind of comfortable sitting even if that situation isn't a nice place to be yeah absolutely that's the thing people only change unless their situation is so uncomfortable to bear isn't it but even then you know I, I do come across people fairly frequently who I would describe as sitting in a fur lined rut you know, they definitely know they're in a rut, but it's very comfortable there. You know, they have a sofa there and it's nice furry walls and you know, whatever they've got their favourite music playing. And that's them sitting in the bottom of their rut. And it's yeah. quite hard to give that up. You know, even though you know intellectually something's got to change, the process by which you drag yourself out of that metaphorical armchair and into a different situation can take some doing and um it's yeah you, you really need the right kind of support around you I think to achieve it do you find when um it comes to the the coaching element they kind of push back or fight against it or are they more open to it now than previously maybe oh uh, it's yeah I, I it's very useful I mean the the feedback that I get from that is is far superior uh, to when I was just working in the kind of science capacity mm. um, because that's where people make sustained change, you know, mm. and they and it's through the process that I use that just makes it very simple to do and you know, a lot of times people say to me, I thought it would be way more complicated than this. And I thought you would make me give up, you know, my favorite, whatever. Um, and, you know, sometimes I do. <laughs> to be fair, sometimes their favorite thing isn't great and it does need to go. But, the, you know, but the process by which they come to that conclusion is through working bit by bit and just seeing the very immediate benefits and then the taking those positive steps and that reinforces the, you know, tapping into the why power again. And, you know, and then the change isn't hard, really. Mm. Um, So, you know, it definitely, yeah, it definitely works way more effectively to, to have that coaching aspect than to just saying, okay, you've come to me with, you know, IBS and here are all these anti-inflammatory things to help your gut you know it's um, I suppose those people also come with the right approach and that they are not trying to find a pill for an ill Mm. um, because human bodies don't work like that there is no silver bullet there is no miracle pill Um, there's plenty of things that can assist you in a healing process and it's all of those things coming together that give you the the end result and you know when you're doing it through a through a kind of a coached process I suppose we're, we're looking at all the different aspects of what make up you not just you physically but you know what's your what's the environment that your body exists in in terms of the you know, the stress that you're under or the, the life load, you know, how many balls are you juggling and what sort of toxins are you exposed to? And that's not just, you know, environmental toxins or plastics, for example, it's, you know, it's negative thoughts. And those can be your own negative thoughts or someone else's negative thoughts. Um, You know, it's just where do you sit in a closed space all day long? You know, that's toxic. Right. You know, have you moved into a new house? That's actually toxic. <laughs> All the stuff they stick into furnishings and walls and whatever, you know, it takes a while to gas that out. Um, so I suppose, you know, w- when you're working in a in a coached program, you cover all of those because you can't just take a pill to solve all of mm. those things. It really is a bit by bit, but it was yeah, phenomenally useful. To, to look at it like that and to approach every 
every aspect that goes into making up somebody's wellness. Yeah. You know, it can make huge, huge strides. Imagine how much money you'd make if there was a pill. If you created that pill. <laughs> I can tell you it won't be you or I creating that pill. It would be some big pharmaceutical company. Oh, yeah. Goodness knows that tipping enough money into trying to find it. <laughs> it'd be boring anyway. Like, it's more fun doing, like, exercise and moving and stuff. Or I think so anyway. Ah, I think so. That's that's one of the things that I always work with people on, regardless of what they come to me for, is finding the joy. You know, because humans are naturally joyful creatures. You know, we're we're driven by pleasure. We're hedonistic, mm. and you know that finding that pleasure is so key to just being well um and it makes a difference you know it, it it makes a difference to your pain tolerance for example makes a difference to your interactions with other people it makes a difference to how you sleep it's just the the yeah, finding the joy is so key to wellness and it's something that we kind of put on the last thing on on the task list you know Oh, we've got this and this and this, and and also we need to find the joy. <laughs> Be happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, check. Well, I was happy for a minute today. Check done. Yeah, that. That'll do. <laughs> yeah, and it's it really doesn't work like that. But the yeah, that 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 finding that joyful process and how you live your life with ease and you move with ease and you feel light in your mind and. You just you know that you're in tune with how your body functions and you can sort of feel when stuff is going off you know I suppose that's the that's the other aspect and sort of it's the opposite now of, of the whole joyful is the the situation that many of us are in is that we've lost touch with how we how we are in our skins mm. and you know we're all very conscious of our you know oh I'm very stressed today or I feel anxious or you know those kind of quite heightened responses but actually when you're sort of sitting in that more peaceful joyful space you can actually feel your body working it's kind of strange it's almost like just sitting back relaxing you can feel your heart beating you know Mm. but you can sort of there's an energy that you know it's it's a sensation you can you can tap into you can definitely feel it and many many of us have lost that ability but that that's about coming back and finding finding that peace finding that joy and you know the body is an incredible machine mm. if if you give it the right environment to exist in one of which is being you know calm and joyful and able to have a nice pleasurable experience in your life um then it comes back into balance even when you're carrying some kind of you know illness or you know strain of some kind you know you can still get back to that place where you're feeling in tune and you understand your body and then you it's self-compassion really um and and knowing that you have the power within your skin to solve everything that's wrong with you. You absolutely do. And once you start nourishing your body and your mind in the right way for you, because the right way for me is different from the right way for you, for example, um, then stuff just starts to come together really in a very nice, powerful way. Yeah. Yeah. It's really is quite incredible. All of that. Yeah, that's a really interesting. I like the way I say that. Like, do you think there's any reason like like you're absolutely right, people have lost the ability to kind of find the joy naturally or kind of be in tune with their body. That one's for sure, like you can see it. Like say for instance, there's a rough example when I'm trying to teach people in the gym, even just knowing what muscle they're supposed to be moving or being able to feel it like is is almost really difficult for them. But do you think there's any reason they've kind of lost that mm. or would we say it's a combination of things or 
in your opinion, obviously. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, that's certainly a topic I could rant on for mm-hmm. some more minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Another good rant. Yeah. We... Oh, look, there's so many ways that we've become, kind of become a bit dulled. Um, and it's because those things that, that humans naturally derive satisfaction and pleasure from are now very artificially generated. Mm. Um, screens, for example. Uh, Frankenfood, which is basically anything you buy in a packet. Um, you know, food manufacturers have been aware of this for decades, and processed food is an absolute scourge, and really deadens us to life as it should be. Um, screens do the same because it's so it's tapping into all the, you know, it's using our natural body function and our sort of natural processes but in a much heightened Mm. much more heightened way and as a consequence the highs are high and the lows therefore are really low and that that isn't you know that isn't how we naturally exist yeah Um, you know we naturally exist in a balanced and structured way and this kind of rushing around, taking our relaxation in the form of some kind of stimulant, be that, you know, television, be it loud music, be it exercise, like overtraining, that's also very stimulating. Alcohol, you know, you know, like modern life. And I'm not talking about anybody that's got necessarily a problem with any of those things, because there definitely are people who do all those things or some of them to excess and that is problematic but even in you know the way you or I might come home at the end of a long day and think oh I'm bushed I'll just you know sit in front of the tv on one hand that is to some degree a way of sitting and taking stock but it's not restful Mm. you know and because we've sort of lost that ability to regulate our hmm, our rest it's it's the regulation of our highs and lows I think is really what it's come down to and this is in my view largely driven through this modern life we've created um, yes really not how we should be yeah no you're right because I think everything in a sense lives on extremes so it's very hard to bring people back to let's just be normal (laughs) or let's be calm or Yeah, and, you know, in, in the circumstance that you exist in, you know, plenty of people will be coming to you with great training goals that require them to push themselves, you know, to the limit, must achieve, must achieve, must achieve. You know, and I certainly deal with people who are comparing themselves to a magazine cover. You know, it's not being in that realm of, over expectation I don't know if it's it's really over expectation we should all obviously exist with good expectations for ourselves you know that's part of what drives us forward but it's the excess I think Mm. that is the problem and and the comparison nature that we exist in as well Um, I'm actually in the middle of writing a blog about comparisons (laughs) because it's a problem you know and I've noticed as a I suppose as a foreigner coming here to Ireland, that particularly among women, although it's not restricted to women, but it's quite common to be in a conversation where everybody is in a very sort of empathetic and friendly way, one-upping each other on how stressed they are, how many times their child's been to the hospital, how much you know how many hours they've spent running around looking after everybody else you know all of which are things that we want to be able to do and naturally should do but 
what what you do is completely irrelevant to what the next person does and by making a comparison does neither of you any favors mm. and it kind of creates this it's it's fuel for this really heightened state of over excitement I think and by that I don't mean that those kind of conversations are exciting I just mean that you're getting you, you know there's an anxiety that comes with that there's a a feeling of I have to do I have to do I have to do you know you keep writing the task list and it just goes on and on I mean one of the things I get clients to do usually is write the task list so it's just off the top of their head you know what's on their task list and then I tell them to rip it in half oh, and like literally that. screw up the bottom half and throw it out and because anything that hasn't made it into the top four items on the task list really is not a priority there's only so much you can do in the day so you know as I suppose it's just about well trying to it's coming coming back to us sort of finding the tune that we are each responsible for in our own bodies and coming back into resonance with that and realizing that you can do the very best that you can do for yourself mm. and that's it you know that's what you have control over and trying to achieve some sort of someone else's ideal even if you think it's your ideal you have to really question is it my ideal or is it that I'm being persuaded in some way by someone or something else um you know but making kind of suppose taking stock of that and saying is that really what my driver is and is it actually serving me yeah and probably it's not People and that's are... not to say that you want you should find a way to carry on in your own circumstance right because you might need something to shift you know there's probably very good reasons why you should take stock of where your health is and how you can move it forward um, but that doesn't need to be in comparison to anybody else yeah no, that's a really good point I actually put a few things on my stories earlier about comparing to people um, and I was just doing a certain exercise and I was like you know, because people are looking at it and go, oh, my God, I can never do that. And I'm like, well, have you tried ever? Do you, do you actually want to be able to do that or did you just see someone doing it? And um, three, like like that, how can you plan if you want to be able to do it to do it? Because this thing took me months to be able to do. Um, and I just think it's good because I get that. Like, you do get that a lot. Like, oh, I could never do that. I think that's a sentence that's very popular yeah. over here. I can never do that. Yes, everybody can do everything, really. It's... Uh... Well, you know, within physiological bounds, perhaps. But um, do you want to? Do you need to? You know, why? Why are you doing it? And mm. sometimes it's worth pursuing and sometimes it's not. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, coming back into balance with yourself is so key to, not only is it key for your well-being, I mean, it's, it's fundamental for your well-being, but actually it's quite fundamental to kind of getting to the top of the top of whatever game you want to be at the top of yeah you know understanding how you function and what circumstances allow you to function best is quite key and yeah. you will be the best possible version of yourself if you get that right yeah no, that's, that's true guaranteed I feel like I'm kind of in that like situation where I am now because I'm like in my early 30s so lots of people are like you know buying houses and having kids and all this and getting married and it's like almost like you have to do that right now and it's like do you what do you feel like because all my friends are aside from college are now in kind of corporate jobs whereas like I'm the only one who's like going rogue and still trying to be self-employed and you're like yeah I could get this I suppose the cushy thing but <laughs> Yeah, you have to be true to your, true to yourself. Mm. You still have to pay the bills as well, of course. Well, that's that too, yeah. <laughs> I <just> still work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's rather the drag of being self-employed, isn't it? You still have to pay the bills. Yeah. Um, the lofty goals of saving the world one person at a time <clears throat> does need to come with an income. It feels well for you. Like you, you went from a job in IT, which I suppose would be kind of considered like no one leaves that kind of job you know everyone kind of that's a a good career like how is that like moving out of IT into 
obviously something you you enjoy. Oh, that was a good career. Uh, I mean, if I look at it from the sort of, I suppose, again, if I put this into the external context of things that should motivate somebody, uh, it ticked all the boxes. Mm. You know, I was a senior woman in a big organization that was contributing massively to the economy of the country, you know, um, and it was, a, it was a great place to work. You know, there was plenty of opportunities and, you know, I was well looked after in that regard, but mainly because they were interested in um, equal employment opportunities. So that was definitely helped. But sure, it nearly killed me, you know, and I took too long to realise that mm. um, I was in a bad state. And it was because I had lost sight of what gave me the joy, you know. I tell you, stepping away from a six-figure salary was hard. Um, yeah that took some you know years of mental recovery (laughs) um but it was the right thing to do because I wouldn't be well first I wouldn't be doing what I am doing now but also I wouldn't be very well like I would have very easily gone down the path of rack and ruin in my physical health and probably my mental health as well um carrying on there and and that's not to say that every job in IT is like that you know it's it's not it was it was the circumstance that I existed in at the time and I didn't really think there was anything wrong with it you know I would for sure so I was in my 20s and you know sure and we all bulletproof in that decade um yeah. you know and a hard hard day at the office which would be potentially 14 hours long was finished off by a hard session of aerobics at the gym and then you know sitting around drinking wine with my pals to unwind and that was a grand life for a 20 year old or so it seemed that was all the trappings of success <laughs> but I was pretty rapidly going down the sinkhole and um yeah it culminated in some kind of nasty health conditions. And it's lucky that I woke up to it, to be honest, because plenty don't. And uh, do you know what? Interestingly enough, one of the things that woke me up to that, because I was feeling pretty miserable, you know, I wasn't well, and I wasn't well on a regular basis. So it wasn't great existence, but I just sort of thought I was kind of normal and I just sort of kept going. And plus, I was very busy. But then my friend asked me to be her support for a bodybuilding competition that yeah. she was entering and she did very well in that competition and we you know I helped her to choreograph her dance routine and you know I covered her in bronzer for the you know show and and all of that stuff but oh my goodness did she lose serious amount of body function by doing that mm-hmm. and that really made me think that that was the zone that we were in right you know we were young we were really into fitness which was sold as a great thing um and but the extreme way we were going about that the extreme hours at work the extreme hours in the gym yeah yeah it was pretty stark actually about in the end about how bad that was and and seeing for me to see her strip down to some stupidly low body weight I mean she was well, I'm sure you've seen people like that too. Mm. Literally nothing but muscle. And like I say, she did very well in the competition because she looked, you know, she ticked lots of the boxes there. But she really badly suffered from that. Yeah. And it really just hit home to me that this is not right. You know, we shouldn't be doing ourselves. Yeah, I find that kind of... So uh... that was when I started sort of turning myself around, really, and looking for alternatives. Okay. And did that, that kind of brought you to the nutritional therapy then? Yeah, well, it started off, um, well, yeah, I was just doing it for myself, trying to, and it was very hit and miss. And sure, this is the early days of the internet as well. So I don't know what kind of rubbish was on there. Probably, I don't know, is it more or less rubbish that's on there now? But maybe yeah. the percentage of rubbish is still the same. <laughs> but just there was less of it. Um <laughs> But I spent a lot of hours in the library looking at you know various books and I did 
again, I did some pretty extreme things to try and recover. Yeah. This is the I said this is the problem with the health and wellness industry. Actually, is it's just as exposed to influence as everything else. You know, and you get your celebrity diets and oh, I don't know the diet that your favorite uncle's glamorous wife is on, and you know, and that will work for me too. And and it's just it's not how it works, mm. and it's. At best, you get a short-term gain. It's not a sustainable strategy ever. And, you know, I mean, I was at a point once where I was just eating chicken and broccoli. Um, I think we've all done that at some point. Like, I'm pretty sure there was... I I didn't quite get that far, but, like, I would do keto for, like, three days a week and then go drinking at the weekend. It's just, like... You look back and you're like, you were never in East <laughs> Cotillard. <Cotillosa. laughs> I'm afraid you nicely undid any possible benefit of that ketosis <laughs> by doing that. <laughs> Me, I'm like, what the hell was I doing? I love carbs. I will never give up carbs again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and plenty of women can't give up carbs, you know, because yeah. it really messes with your hormones. Um, I suppose the key again, though, is balance. It's not mm. like we humans thrive in homeostasis and homeostasis is your body being in balance that there's so many ways that your body will maintain a balance and at the expense of some other body functions by the way because there's core functions that your body will support regardless mm. and it's kind of a called the triage effect basically so your bits of you start shutting down in order to preserve the bits that are key to you remaining alive. <laughs> and that's, that's not a good zone to actually thrive in. I mean, yeah. you'll possibly not die, but you won't be living well. Yeah. Um, I think one of the very obvious ones of that is like women like losing their periods and stuff like that. And they're like, this is grand. I don't have to deal with that. And you're like, mm. no, 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 no. That's, that's a really, really important function. You You want that. You want that to work every month the way it's supposed to. Oh, yeah. And it, and it's not just about having babies. I mean, obviously, that is the physiological purpose, but it's 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 so much more than that. And you, know, you don't want to mess with well, you don't want to mess with hormones. Hormones are critical and you want them to be functioning well and all work like working together. Um mm. And again, it's just, it comes down to balance, you know. I suppose that's another thing that we're sort of stuck in the zone with now is so many people with variety of hormone imbalances, um, plenty of which are sort of being, I don't know, I'm going to say treated in inverted commas with um, hormone medication. And, you know, there are some people who genuinely need that, absolutely. Their situation is, you know, extreme and hard to recover from. But for the most part, the, your diet and lifestyle changes will solve hormone issues quite readily because your body wants, again, it's this amazing machine, it wants to be in balance. And the minute you start nourishing yourself in a way that allows that freedom of all of the cells in your body to balance, um, then, you know, you get well. It, it just happens and you know I've actually had clients say oh it's amazing you know it's like a it's like I was never sick yeah, <laughs> yeah it is that transformational <laughs> and yes. they can't believe that it was so easy to achieve in the end yeah I think I remember you were saying that earlier that like you know the it should be they feel like it should be more complex um and that's always fine. Like balance is really hard to sell or the fact that like, you know, to improve your fitness, you could go for 10 minute walks seven days a week. You don't have to do hikes and all this stuff. Like, you know, it can be that easy. And they're like, but no, it has to be difficult because I have to like, you know, starve myself for three weeks and then eat a lettuce leaf <laughs> because that's what they said in the magazines. Like it doesn't have to be that complicated. It, Getting there and was an that complicated. Fact, yeah, 
that rather increases the complication um you know restrictive restrictive diets are really a problem you know and your body your body doesn't do well with nutrient deficiency mm. in any way like the only thing now i'm gonna i'm gonna put a caveat there the only thing you should be deficient in is trans fat and processed food should be deficient in those mm. and sugar i'll throw sugar in there too i like mm. sugar. fake <laughs> nutrients um and if you have excess of those fake nutrients then funnily enough your body is going into deficiency in all the other things that maintain your health just to fight then it coming it's coming back to this triage your body is fighting that load of nothingness and using up essential functioning enzymes and nutrients in order to fight that battle and the consequent inflammatory processes that stem from it. Um, uh, yeah, so it, it, you're making yourself even more deficient in yeah. that way. Mm. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's a real vicious circle. Yeah, and even what you're saying as well about the the like people taking like hormone medication, like it's kind of like it's your easy fix. It'll slap a band aid on it, but if you like that, like you're trying saying like it feels so transformational, but it takes a while to get there. So it's normally like you know it's a good couple of weeks, maybe longer before you're like one day you're just like wait a minute, that doesn't hurt anymore. Or <laughs> mm. Mm. I feel better today. I get, um. I get my clients who who are on the the longer term program to do a um to rate themselves on a symptom severity scale. So they choose their top three things that they want to resolve, and then we just have a little rating system that every now and then we check in and say, "Where are you rating on this?" And it's their own rating, you know, so it's up to how they feel. Um, and it that is because <laughs> people forget that they were so much in pain or in discomfort or inconvenienced by some particular problem. And they forget so quickly when stuff starts changing. So it's really actually, and it's part of this, I suppose coming back to this, the why, mm. why are you doing it? To remind yourself why, and then to see that that drove change and that stuff is going away. Um, you're on the right track, you know. And it's it's it is very. I suppose we we're kind of naturally conditioned to do that as well. And whilst particularly women in our busy modern society are conditioned to say, right, done that, on to the next thing, never to stop, and say, hey, you know what? I'm pretty great. You know, mm -hmm. I deserve my Wonder Woman costume today. And um, yeah, we're not we're not good at doing it at stopping to say well done so that's why I get them to do this process and invariably there is forgetfulness and like was I really that bad yep <laughs> these were your exact words very <laughs> yeah yeah it's really funny how you're saying about them not thinking about coming coming how far they've come on because like the minute you'd have like an off day or something go wrong like it's like straight away like I'm a terrible person like, you know, you don't notice how far you've come, but a minute you've got like your one step mm. back, you're like, no, that's it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and that, uh, I don't know, it's, it's how, it, it, the only way you can overcome that is to know why you're moving in the first place and to look back in a structured way. And not to look back so that you fixate on, oh, but there was the time when this, and oh, but there was that particular moment. But to look back in an impartial way and say, this this has been the process and mm. these have been the steps forward and these have been the steps sideways because sometimes there are sideways steps. There's actually nothing wrong with that. Sideways is, is growth as well. Mm. Um it's just perhaps growth outside of the scope that you had anticipated. Um, but the, these are the ways I can see empirically how I've moved forward. Um, yeah. And and that, that way we're looking at 
positive steps rather than oh yeah I had a bad day and I went straight back to doing whatever I can guarantee if you if you have this bad day but you've you've been working towards a sort of a changing the way that you that you're functioning you probably had that bad day with a nice little dose of some good things too mm. because those things have become habits you know new ways of doing and you can really then say, actually, I did have that bad day, but it wasn't as bad because these were actually the things that I did just naturally now that made it still actually a good day on reflection. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I think as well, I don't know, I find people forget as well a lot of the time that they're human. Because I'll have people in the gym and they're like, geez, I just can't do anything today or whatever, or I don't feel great or whatever. And you're like, yeah, no, don't worry. That's just being human. You know, how did you sleep? How did this? How did it? Like, it's not that you're not good at exercise anymore. It's just, this could be 10 other things. Mm. At least you've confirmed you're not a robot. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and you, know, you know, how you exist every day is so dependent on all of those factors that you know that I talked about before your your life load and the stress that you're under and how well did you sleep and you know did you skip breakfast the day before you know just simple things you know that change from day to day and do impact how you exist in the world around you but you know what if you come back to finding your finding your personal balance and being in tune with how your body functions. Actually, you can write those out much more easily, I suppose. It's, well, as I think I mentioned it before, it's self-compassion. Mm. Uh, when when you don't let yourself off, so to speak, because if you've got a goal, you've got a goal, you know, and you're working towards it. And you don't say, oh, well, just today I won't bother with the goal. But you kindly say to yourself, I'm still focused on my goal. And I recognize that I need, I need a day off, say, yes. or today some other things knocked me sideways, but I'm still focused on my goal and I'll get back on track, you know? Yeah. And if you, I mean, honestly, if you have a bad day, I suppose the, the rule of thumb that I try to counsel people with is that is never miss twice. Whatever your thing is that you're trying to aim for, everybody misses the thing that they were doing right they said they would go and run 10k and they only managed three or whatever you know they they said they weren't going to have the glass of wine with dinner and they did you know everybody does that that's perfectly normal but if you remind yourself with compassion that you are focused on your goal then you won't do it the second time right you'll get back on track and you'll be motivated to continue on because you know you can. You know you can get back on track. You know that everybody has the blips. It's perfectly normal. Um, and, yeah, just try and never miss twice. Yeah. The bad days happen to all of us, and, you know, I'm not perfect either. <laughs> God forbid if there were a fly on the wall in my house sometimes. Oh, I'm yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure people go, what? But... <laughs> You know, you just you get back on track and on the whole, you find the joy, you know your reason for heading towards whatever your goal is and you give yourself pats on the back for the times when you either did really well and you were really delighted or the times when you faced adversity and you did get off track, but you recognize that and you work out what the steps are to get back, right? That's also worth celebrating. Mm, that's a really good good point as well um because it's not always about winning but if you learn as well like you're still winning we actually ended up going on a completely different tact to what we'd originally planned but that's totally grand yeah. <laughs> i liked it it was, it was good. That really interesting. <laughs> um but one more question for you i didn't tell you about this one because i never tell anyone about it is Oh. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh, best piece of advice. 
You can pick three if you need. Hmm. I think I've, I've been given loads of good advice, most of which I implement, but uh, right now off the top of my head, I can't think of any of it. Um, yeah, that's a bit of a shame. But... I think love yourself. Yeah. You know, know that you are worthy because that's that's the route to doing anything positive for yourself is knowing that you are worth it that is really really good piece of advice really simple but it's so true and mm. probably the reason people don't look after themselves a lot of times they don't believe they're worth it yeah but you are worth it i am worth it we are all worth it and everybody can go away with that little mantra Yes. Five times every morning. There you go. That's my little freebie. Five <laughs> times every morning in front of the mirror. In front of the mirror is important. Don't Ooh. say it to get thin air. Say it to yourself in front of the mirror. You feel like a real idiot, to be honest. But <laughs> do it nonetheless. <laughs> I'm glad you're honest you're about that. Said that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you have to smile and you have to say, I am with it. Five times. Yeah. That is everyone who's listening's assignment now for. The next two weeks at least if not longer yeah exactly okay and you can you can write a, a post on on this uh on this podcast to say whether or not you felt like it to it but whether or not it made a difference <laughs> true <laughs> so um i just want to say thanks for joining us today but before we go as well where can everybody find you oh great yes i can be found um <laughs> So my website is um, www.foundationhealth.ie. That's all one word, Foundation Health. And all my contact details are on there. So that's a good place to go. Um, yeah, do look me up. I'm, uh, I'm all about trying to make it easy for people to achieve what they want in their health. And um, that's literally saving the world one person at a time yeah no look the more people know that it's actually not a nightmare to do the more people will actually try it exactly yeah exactly um, and as ever guys you can find me on so i have two instagrams one is my crazy h fitness one or my horse riding one is strong in the saddle with an underscore i'm on tiktok at strong in the saddle without the underscore and then my website is www.chrissyhawkins.com so yeah i just want to say thanks again for joining us today maya thanks Chrissy. that was a great chat yeah it was brilliant i really do appreciate everybody who listens to this podcast so if you please could help me with the algorithm and leave a review on apple Podcasts or spotify and even you know if you want to reach out and suggest topics for me i'd be delighted to hear from you drop me a dm on instagram or tiktok and thanks again for listening Thank you.